Hello, and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, the podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and learn a little bit more about how they came to be. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you for joining me today. Let's get things rolling. When I was about nine years old or so, I found out very quickly that I was not, in fact, allergic to wasps. As savvy a nine-year-old as I was, I did not, in fact, endeavor or make a particular plan to figure this out. It just kind of happened, thanks to a plastic gopher sprinkler toy that required water to operate. Water that was procured through a faucet that came off of the house that was near a wasp's nest that was guarded by two wasps with surprisingly impressive military tactics and defense. As I very innocently approached my house the one with my faucet, for my gardening hose, the wasps saw my obviously very imposing person as a threat of the highest kind. One wasp stung me seven times up my left arm, and the other went straight for my eyes, stinging me on the corner of my eye. It was not fun, (laughs) and nobody was super keen on playing with the pirate-eyed cousin after that, so we went to a cool movie theater instead, and I just watched Disney and like cried to myself with one eye swollen shut. Part of me relished being a pirate, I'll be honest, only because the baking soda and water paste that my mother had slathered on my arm was working so well. I kind of relished being the villain. It reminded me of my four-year-old attempt to be a fairy pink princess for Halloween, which slowly devolved into being a mean fairy pink princess, which eventually landed with me being an evil witch by the time trick-or-treating came around. So I suppose those wasps were responsible for once again reawakening my dormant Disney villain genes. Should Disney ever do a swollen-eyed pirate, I am ready. Anyways, back to the villains of this story, the wasps. I learned a number of things that day. Firstly, wasp stings hurt. Secondly, these may have actually been yellow jackets. Thirdly, I was not allergic. And fourthly, although baking soda and water may soothe the pain... If your eye is still swollen shut like a pirate, your younger cousins will still not want to play with you. So, on that note, let us have a chat about Winnie the Pooh's only frenemies and my home state's personal favorite insect, bees. There are over 20,000 species of bees in the world. They come in a huge variety of colors and sizes as well. I remember being slightly terrified by the sight of a huge, entirely black and enormously fuzzy bumblebee in Germany. It was about the size of a marble, and it was coming at me, just kind of like floating there. Bees can be yellow and black, blue, red, green. Some even have a metallic sheen to them. So time to get to know your bees. Some bees are friendlier than others. With over 20,000 different species, you are bound to run into a wide variety of different temperaments among bees. One such bee would be the killer bee. Killer bees aren't more dangerous because of a more potent venom, but because they tend to attack and swarm. If, by the way, you ever do happen to be so unfortunate as to run into a swarm of killer bees, be sure to run in a zigzag pattern and find shelter. Do not jump in water. The bees will just wait for you to surface for air. And you may still want to avoid upsetting the bees in general, as they have the ability to recognize faces, like yours. Bees operate in their own communities, or hives. These hives are made up of three main types of bees. The worker bees, which are female. Drone bees, which are male and have the job of mating with the queen, and, well, the queen bee herself. 
Worker bees have a very short lifespan, only about six to eight weeks, but during that time, she will fly the equivalent of one and a half times around the earth. While she's making that trip around the earth, she can also carry nectar pollen that is equivalent to 80% of her body weight. No big deal. One could say that the worker bee is the bee's knees, if bees had knees, which they don't, which I'm really bummed about, actually. Anywho, while worker bees only have a lifespan of six to eight weeks, the queen bee can live two to three years. Bees can also identify their specific hive because each bee colony has its own special scent. Bees also happen to have a sense of smell that is 50 times more powerful than a dog's, so that helps them identify it as well. Different species of bees also communicate slightly differently. For bees, there are two main means of communication. The waggle dance, mm -hmm, just picture that, the waggle dance, and pheromones. Each species of bee has a slightly different dance. The dance is primarily used to communicate to the rest of the hive where to find the best pollen. This is especially useful when the hive decides to move. Now, what's with the buzzing? Why do they make that sound? Turns out that the buzzing sound emanating from bees comes from the sound of their wings flapping. Bees flap their wings at about 11,000 times per minute. That's about 200 times a second. The buzzing is used for a number of different purposes. I mean, aside from keeping them aloft in the air. In the winter, there are bees that are tasked with buzzing to keep the hive warm. Wing flapping is also a key part of the process of making honey. Are you ready for a couple of weird facts about bees? Turns out that bees can see all colors except for the color red. Now, I don't know if that means that red acts as some kind of camouflage against bees, but I wouldn't test it out if I were you. Although it could explain how Winnie the Pooh got so much honey. His shirt is red, right? Also, turns out that bees don't sleep. They just stay motionless at night to conserve energy for the next day, which is totally what I'm doing too. I just happen to have Netflix going while I'm doing it. Another weird fact about bees, they hate human breath. <laughs> maybe it has to do with their extra sensitive odorant receptors, or maybe they really can tell you what you had for lunch and they really didn't want to know. So time to talk a little bit about honey. Did you know that bees are not born knowing how to make honey? It's actually a skill that they are taught by other bees in the hive. Even though the bee is literally physically built to be able to create honey, it seems that the instructions weren't included. But since bees have been around for about 30 million years, it seems that they've perfected the process of making honey and can pass it on to each other by teaching. Now I mentioned that bees were perfectly constructed to make honey, so let's talk about that. Bees have two stomachs, one for digesting their own food and one for the storage of nectar. Bees make honey by regurgitating nectar that they've digested. They deposit the digested nectar into the honeycomb, and then they flap their wings to get rid of extra air and moisture, making sure that no bacteria growth happens. In the bee's abdomen, there are special enzymes that break down into chemicals that prevent the growth of bacteria as well. Bees were also built with the ability to make beeswax for the construction of hives. Bees have a special gland on the stomach where they can create wax. They then chew up the wax and use it to form a beehive. A single beehive can produce somewhere between 60 and 100 pounds of honey in one year. But that requires a lot of work. Just to produce one pound of honey, Bees will have to travel 55,000 miles, visiting 2 million flowers along the way to collect enough nectar. 
every pound of honey produced requires 10 pounds of pollen. In the course of its lifetime, a bee will only produce about one-twelfth of a teaspoon of honey, but it would only take an ounce of honey to fuel a bee for a trip around the entire world. Bees use honey themselves as a source of food and energy through winter. The bees use this source of energy to buzz or vibrate through the winter, keeping the hive warm, including the all-important queen. Honey has been used in nourishing and healing mankind for centuries. If kept in the right conditions, honey will never spoil because it is low in moisture and highly acidic. In fact, there has been honey found in ancient Egyptian tombs that you could still eat. We have bees to thank for these special circumstances because of the way that they create the honey. Honey itself is the only food product made by insects that humans eat, making it a very desirable commodity. In fact, in 11th century Germany, honey was used as currency. This honey was the payment the serfs would pay their lords. It was also especially important in the production of beer and mead. Sweetening wasn't the only use of honey. The bacteria-resistant viscous liquid has long been used for medicinal purposes as well, for cuts, wounds, burns, stomach ulcers, infections, and more. Honey is also the only known substance that naturally contains all the necessary ingredients to sustain life. It holds the enzymes, vitamins, minerals, and water necessary to sustain human life and give you energy. Honey also contains helpful antioxidants to improve brain function. Honey is the sweet that just keeps giving. You can use local honey to also build immunity to seasonal allergies in the area where the honey is produced. Honey comes in a number of different colors. The darker the honey, the greater antioxidant properties it has. And the color of the honey is also determined by the different types of flowers that the bees visited. Honey is used as an ingredient in many natural remedies, from shampoos and lotions to part of treatments for specific parasites. In fact, honey is a key ingredient to one of the world's oldest fermented drinks, mead. Honey and objects immersed in honey have been preserved for centuries. Major producers of honey are China, Turkey, Iran, Ukraine, the U.S., India, and Russia. Honeybees pollinate more than 100 crops in the United States and pollinate 80% of plants and 75% of fruits, vegetables, and nuts. In fact, about one-third of all foods that we eat is available to us because honeybees pollinate. With bees affecting so many different parts of our lives, it's no surprise that there's been an uptick in beekeeping as a popular hobby. In fact, in London, it's estimated that in the summer season, honeybees outnumber Londoners by 30 to 1. And in case you didn't keep track of the general population numbers of London, you know, because we all do that, London's population is 8.98 million. That is a lot of bees. Beekeeping had very illustrious roots as well, as in Greek mythology, Apollo was thought to be the very first beekeeper. In fact, beekeeping has been around for at least 4,500 years, and there are Stone Age cave drawings in the Cave of the Spider near Valencia, Spain, of a beekeeper gathering honey. The guy looks like he's on stilts. It looks very precarious. Beekeeping is something that you definitely have to be careful with, not just for the prevention of harm to the hive, but also so that you don't get stung. Ounce per ounce, bee venom is more deadly than cobra venom. The only thing is, it would take 19 stings per kilogram of your weight to actually be lethal. To keep them safe, beekeepers wear white because bees react strongly to dark colors. 
So why do bees matter? Aside from being a means for paying taxes or trade, bees and honey have been a part of different civilizations in a variety of ways. Ancient Egyptians used honey to pay their taxes, ancient Greek coins were imprinted with bees' likeness, and the right to gather wild honey was even established in the Magna Carta. To the ancient Greeks and Romans, honey was a symbol of beauty, love, and fertility. Bees were also a popular animal or insect that was even included in Napoleonic heraldry. So that's like on coats of arms and things like that. That's what we're talking about. In Africa, some peoples keep elephants out of their fields by lining them with beehives. It's called a bee fence. Today, we use beeswax in loads of stuff, from cosmetics like lip balms to medicines and furniture polish. In fact, bees' venom is used to treat arthritis and high blood pressure, as well as other medicinal purposes. Bees have also even been trained to find landmines. I literally have no idea how that one works. Bees also happened to have saved America, according to George Washington. During the Revolutionary War, a beekeeper named Charity Crabtree was tending to her hive when she found a wounded soldier. He had been on his way to George Washington to warn him of an imminent attack from the English. Just as Charity was about to ride off to warn the general, British troops arrived at the scene. In order to escape, Charity set her bees on them by beating her hive with a stick, causing the bees to become frenzied, and then chucking the stick, the obvious culprit of the disruption of the hive, at the British, with the bees following it. While they were fending off the bees, Charity escaped to tell Washington, who, upon hearing her tale, said the following, Neither you nor your bees shall be forgotten when our country is at peace again. It was the cackling geese that saved Rome, but it was the bees that saved America. Here's to Charity and her bees. Now you know. I've literally never heard that story before, and I also don't know what he means by the cackling geese of Rome, so I'm going to have to go look that up. But apparently, bees saved America. Yay, bees. So the next time you're trying to handle your seasonal allergies, or perhaps just enjoy a piece of toast with honey, or maybe even just taking a walk around London in the summertime, now you can think about all the wonders of bees, from their dual stomachs and wing speed to their ability to recognize your face and say hello, all while providing us with Winnie the Pooh's favorite snack, honey. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day.